0: Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman. This is episode 196, chucked in a bit of a bonus episode this week. I had a conversation with the playwright, Victor Roger, and his latest play, Uma Lava, has a week and a bit remaining in its short season at Circus, so I wanted to get this up so that you could hear it. We talk about this play a wee bit, but we also talk through his, his previous work um, last year, I spoke with the great actor, Lisa Harrow. She was performing in one of Victor Rogers' plays at The Wake, which blew me away that play. Uh, The script on the page, it blew me away and watching the performance. And I I wanted to talk to Victor ever since I experienced that play. Uh, I know he'd done a lot of other work and I um, got through some of his other work. He's made his name with a, a play 20 years ago called Sons and another play following up on that called Black Faggot. Uh, he's written nine plays in total, and uh, he's been a, a writer on Shortland Street, and he's worked uh, and continues to work with TV and film as well as theatre. So um, I was, yeah, I was interested to meet him and talk to him. We met up uh, last week at Circa Theatre in the final, I guess, in the final run and production week leading up to the play Uma lava. Um, and, uh, and we had a good old chat about writing and who he was and all of the things to talk about here on Sweetman Podcasts. So I hope you enjoy this one. This is me talking with, uh, now Wellington based, but, uh, Christchurch raised, uh, playwright and writer, Victor Roger. You're a person who um, you kind of shoot your mouth off in your work. <laughs> yeah, I do for sure. In, in a really great way, but you know what I mean. Like I sort of think, like coming to talk to you, there's probably I can't shock you, and I can't.
1: Not since the eighties, man. <laughs> and
0: I can't get you to talk about anything. Not since that you... the eighties.
1: <laughs> I was thinking about that. Mm. When was the last time I was shocked? Has it been that long? No, it's probably <laughs> more like the early two thousands when I lived in Amsterdam. Probably knocked it mm. all out of me.
0: Mm-mm. <laughs> Well, let's go back. I became aware of your work particularly when I saw At The Wake. I had known about other work you'd done, but that was the first production I saw. And I think I might have reached out to you shortly after that because I, we were just talking about this off tape. I met and interviewed Lisa Harrow, which was a real highlight, and she was amazing in that production, of course. Um, but also, I was just kind of compelled by... As, you, as, as is a good thing to say to a playwright but yeah. I was compelled by the writing watching that play, I mean the the performances were incredible um, but I just felt like, and I guess when I come to shows at Circa or anywhere but particularly here that's what I'm hoping for right, is that combination of it's it's a well told story from all angles. So the actors do their job, the director does their job, but the script has to has to dance or has where to have Where it all
1: starts, the... mate. Yeah. Where it all starts.
0: Well, where does it all start for you? Like, who grows up wanting to be a playwright?
1: Gosh. Did not, you? Not me. No. But I did want to be a writer mm-hmm. from reasonably early on. Yeah. Um,
0: I just feel like it's a medium that it's an incredible medium, but yeah, it's a it's a bit like that whole thing people, says no, no, people say no one grows up wanting to be a critic I imagine it's the same with playwrights like it's just not something you first not specifically
1: a playwright mm. but you know I had to dig out all my old diaries from the 80s and 90s mm. recently for this bad diaries salon I oh, did yeah, as yep, part of yep, Verb yep. and um oh wow you know I found stuff in there where I I was naming it I was like I want to be a writer <laughs> and this is like from quite a young age and mm. You know, I, I came across this scenario for a story that I'd written when I was either maybe 12 or 13. And this was after reading a whole lot of Jackie Collins at quite an <laughs> early age. And it was a story called Catch a Falling Star about a precocious child star who made his agent sleep with him mm. when he became famous. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'd totally <laughs> forgotten it, but that, that was about right for me mm. from a reasonably early age, mm. Mm. doing kind of provocative um, stuff.
0: Yes, well, your work has, because I've read a couple of other scripts as well as seeing that at the wake, um, but your work's got a lot of you in it, in that you, you write about your family dynamics and situation, your history, your culture, your sexuality. So these are these are the important parts of a person. These are the often the private parts of a person. And that sometimes stay private. Especially the
1: culture bit yeah. is like the culture bit where I lie on the spectrum. Because like one of the things that really drove me to write creatively was um, When I went through this really hard time trying to establish a relationship with my Samoan father who I'd never lived with and who Mm. had had really sporadic contact with, um, we we hit a bit of a wall and I was just desperate for there to be something out there that represented my really, really specific point Mm. of view, which was mixed Samoan and white, Mm. but raised white didn't know how to negotiate the Samoan culture therefore couldn't negotiate the dad <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and there was nothing that specifically represented that point of view and that's really what led to my first play Sons mm. but I got there kind of circuitously because I tried it as a, a, a novel and wrote like a page <laughs> that I kept honing right, right, over
0: yeah. a year or I was going to so. say because I've, I've read Sons and I was going to say in terms of a a statement of who you are and what you're wanting to put out in the world in theatre, like it, it's logical going back to that and seeing the progression, isn't it? Like mm. the, the themes keep re- recurring and you're working different ways into them. And
1: you know, I can do father-son messed-up relationships at the drop of a hat. <laughs> you know, and can't that we? Is
0: can't we all? And if we well, can't, we can know, draw
1: on no, it. Well, you know, not not everyone can, but a lot of people can relate to it. That's in their what I mean. Like we all, yeah. if,
0: if if we're fine in our own relationship with the father. You know about it in people, right? Yeah, and particularly yeah. Particularly, I mean, I can't speak to the mother-daughter situation, obviously, because of who I am, but I feel like the father-son thing is something about male dominance and stuff, isn't it? That, that that seems to be... But
1: also that thing of having an absent father, that's something a lot of people mm-hmm. relate to. Um, and one thing I've loved about sons is that there's re- different strands that people over the years have jumped on, whether mm. it's absent father or being culturally insecure with one parent oh. or... Mm. Um, Um, Yeah, there was a, um, what was she, she was like Croatian British woman that came up to me after one um, performance and she was like, I get shit from my Croatian family because I don't know how to move in that world, Mm. so that's how she related to this very Samoan play, Mm, mm, you know, mm. and that, I, and I really believe that, that thing of um, the specificity in writing is what makes it universal.
0: Mm-hmm. And so yeah. this is a, we're talking about a play that's 20 years old mm. and you know I read it recently and I'm, I always say this to people like I'm a real script reader, I don't, I don't act, um, I don't edit or work in scripts at all but I like reading them, I've always liked reading movie scripts and play all scripts right. and, and I talk to actors and directors who find that strange. <laughs> You know, I read poetry and novels and all sorts of other things as well, but I do like reading a script and I feel like I can get something from it even if I am not going to see the performance or haven't seen it. And then something like, you know, I read At the Wake After Seeing It and it was amazing to, it was amazing to read the lines and have the performance come back in my mind from reading it. But also it, it works like a story on the page. You know, it's all there in the
1: writing. That was like a sequel to my first play, Sons, in mm. its own way. And mm. it contains, um, in just about every play I've done, I've lost my favourite scene before opening night. Right. And there was a scene in At the Wake which I lost from my first play, Sons. And it just took mm. about 20 years to figure out where to put it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, look at the Wake remains one of my highlights because of Lisa Harrow, um, who was the lead in it. Mm. Just mm. bringing all her her toolbox.
0: Yes, her her incredible um, CV and life.
1: Yeah, to it. it was it was I think for her that perfect marriage of life plus the yes. um, the skill set. Yeah, yeah, and it informed that role, and she and it
0: was sort of somehow for her playing against type in a way but with everything but not really you know like there was some sort of like well it was playing a little bit against some of the cliche that she had been fallen into I I think you know it's not dissimilar
1: to what I see sometimes with my mates who are in the Pacific Mm. um, realm in terms of the the roles they often get cast in Mm -hmm. you know there's like a a narrow spectrum of what they get to play and I, I guess maybe the same May have been true for, for Lisa, particularly the age she's at, because mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason. why she, well, I think, has said it. Why she loved it was because, oh, as a yeah, woman yes. of her age, getting a complex role like that to really sink her teeth into. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. As opposed to being a <laughs> dear old nanny. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, she's you know, suffering wife or da da da.
0: I mean, she's uh, reading it. You know, reading the script and thinking of her performance, I went mean, like, "This is one of those great leading roles where." It's not, you can't quite say she's the villain, but really if the piece has a villain, she kind of is. In the end, she kind of is, or she's one of. She's definitely the antagonist. Yeah, yeah, she's the antagonist, but she's almost a villain, but it's not that simple.
1: No, and that's what I think is great about it, Mm. you know. Mm. um, But you understand her, I think, Mm. by the Mm. end of the play.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. So she comes into this play with, um, what would you call it? the darkest, nastiest, most biting kind of humour
1: would be one way of saying it. (laughs) And
0: then it takes really the duration of the play for us to fully grasp why this has been her armour. And that's, uh, 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 you know, I, I remember being amazed by that, both her acting and the writing watching it, but it came back to me reading the script. I was like, wow, it really is all there in the script in terms of... These are the, these are the these are the choices this person's made. These are the things that have happened,
1: and this is what they're carrying, and, yeah, and what baggage. they have chosen to yes. not reveal mm-hmm. out of probably protection of self, but also the um, the grandson in mm-hmm. that instance.
0: So where does that all come from for you in terms of putting that together? You um, said that you started off. Sons was a novel but maybe for a day or a page or whatever it yeah, you know, then, what then, then was a film script for a yeah. day or
1: whatever Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and then it
0: somehow came out um, as a play script So you grew up in Christchurch mm-hmm. and what was happening there for you in terms of the cultural interests that steered you towards writing even before you discover well I'm going to be a playwright
1: Oh yeah I mean gosh well, actually, when I think about it, I really wanted to, initially. I really wanted to be um, a film critic because for I used to. My idea of a good time was reading Pauline Kael's film oh, reviews yeah, yeah, from yeah. the New Yorker. From yeah. you know, she used to have all these books of her reviews. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, yeah, man, I love to be to, her. She's the one.
0: She's the one to study, right? If there's one, if there's one film critic to study, she's from, the from one. From back in the day, yeah, I reckon.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I still read her for pleasure mm, now and then. Mm. Um, And I really wanted to be a film critic. And what ended up happening was, uh, just before I left high school, I I interviewed to be a cadet reporter on a newspaper in Christchurch, got the job, and ultimately became the entertainment reporter, which included doing film reviews. Mm -hmm. So it was like, wow, dream Mm. achieved. Mm. It was great. Mm. But then in the end, I got sick of writing about people and thought, yeah, I want to be written about. (laughs) (laughs) Which, Had enough now. Which,
0: which does nothing to undo the myth about basically every reporter or critic that that's what's underlying. <laughs> but, very so occasionally,
1: <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Every so often, I will do a column now and then. Um, yeah. I haven't done one for a while, but Tangata, which is the Maori Pacific, quite mm. like, Sunday online mm-hmm. magazine. You know, I've done a few uh, columns for then over the years, Mm-mm. just to keep that and how,
0: muscle active. How important, and as you're establishing yourself as a writer, were you looking to and looking for, I guess, voices similar to yours, Pacifica voice? Yeah. Did you have heroes, or were there, that were writing, or were there none around, or none that made it to you? I'm Not, thinking an obvious person, someone like Albert Wendt.
1: Albert, Albert. Um Albert was definitely a hero in terms of he being there. Yeah. Because really, he was the he only was one the white, that was there that's right, yeah, by he, himself. Yeah. Um, I wasn't hugely familiar with his work as a teenager. But just the fact he
0: existed.
1: The yeah. fact that he existed, and the fact that he was on my mother's bookshelf ever since I can remember. Yeah. And it took took me many years till I was interested enough to pull down his books. Um, Albert absolutely means a lot to me as a writer in terms of having been there. But in terms of influences in uh, playwriting, definitely... um you know, because I'm someone that read the scripts as a mm. teenager as well, for mm. pleasure. Um, David Mamet oh, yeah, was yeah. a bit of an influence before I found out he was such a hideous right-winger. And then... <laughs> Yes, but the work sort of <laughs> stands
0: up with him, doesn't
1: it? Oh, it's so... It's... Uh, uh, a complex I mean, you... question, can you separate the art from the artist? I mean, I think yes, I think.
0: Can. I think in that case, maybe.
1: Um, but Edward Albee's play, uh, yeah. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Yeah. And there's a play, Nightmother, by Marsha Norman. There's a handful mm. of plays that really sang to me as a as a mm. youngster. And
0: you can see them in that, even just in that Lisa Harrow character, you can see... Yeah, there's somewhat.
1: a rat-tat-tat dialogue yes. style of Albee and Mamet that I mm. kind of really gravitated to. Mm. And um, I, I guess I still embrace that when I can. A bit of well,
0: it's like ripping off, um, if you're going to use the word ripping off, it's like ripping off the Beatles or ripping off, you know, Shakespeare. I think it's Bo- called paying homage, actually. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd take, you know, that's what I mean, though. It's like such an obvious source to want to grab from that it's not actually ripping off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, but um, mostly American playwrights that mm. I, I responded to when I was young, mm. and mm. latterly it's more um, African-American writers slash writers of colour, because mm. I've got an um, entity called FCC, and we started about four four years ago doing um, play readings, mm. always of diverse works that mostly hadn't been produced in New Zealand, mm. but that were really speaking to me, and um, yeah, there's some fantastic authors out there that just haven't been seen here,
0: mm, mm, sadly. Mm.
1: But the, the play readings have made a good chance to expose people to their, their work.
0: Mm. So what's the next step for you in terms of, let's go back to where you were at when you, when you were doing film reviews and being an entertainment reporter and then going... No, I actually want to be written about myself <laughs> or
1: I want well, to I, do, you know. in 94, I simultaneously wrote the first draft of My First Place Sons mm. and also auditioned for Toy for Cardi New Zealand Drama School because I'd also wanted to act, but I'd mm. never acted. So I auditioned and thought, you know, if I get in, then I'm, you know, it's fate to yeah. go act, and if I don't, then I can say I tried. And then I got in, um, and then that first year of drama school, my First Place Sons went on, and I did my first year at Toy Cardi, thinking, what the fuck am I doing? Because mm, mm. it was pretty nuts for me not having acted before.
0: Well, we, we, yeah, well, what makes you apply for it? Like, if you hadn't really acted before, what what makes you think you can do it?
1: Uh, I didn't know if I could do it, yeah. uh, but I, I was... I was literally, I literally would not have tried again if Mm -hmm. I hadn't got in. So if you hadn't got in, oh well, that's that door closed. And I was like, I didn't want to be 50 the age I am now, looking back going, what if? Mm -hmm. So um, it was really me giving it a go and being led by fate Mm -hmm. in my head.
0: And when you're in that moment of learning the craft from scratch in Toi Fukari, are there moments where you go... This is not for me, or are you just like, wow, this is amazing, this is me, I'm, I'm in. I just remember
1: that first, I think that first week we had to be
0: animals, and I just remember thinking, what the fuck is this? (laughs) I think I. That's entirely (laughs) what's put me off acting. That, that cliche is alone, would make me run from an acting class.
1: Yeah, I think I went to drama school only having really thought about the Oscar-winning speech side of (laughs) acting as opposed to the hard (laughs) and say it in the mirror. But um, yeah, I hadn't really thought about the. Well, I didn't know. Mm. I, I, my my knowledge of acting was really limited, mm. so it was a huge learning curve, and also that thing of you know used to being the um, that that that. What is it that that, that one fish yeah, in, the, yeah. in a small pond, yeah, and then yeah. suddenly you're with a whole lot of similar fish in that small pond, <laughs> and I found that really dis- disorientating because you know mm. I'm, I was like I'm the funny one <laughs> normally, mm, mm, mm. and then suddenly you're surrounded by 13 other funny ones or mm. you know engaging charismatic ones, and that 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 took a bit of getting used to from my mm. ego, but um, I will say my time there. Um, I treasure it because of the personal and professional relationships that it uh, gave me. You yeah. know, I don't yeah. regret my time there at all. Even though I had to play uh, a fucking bird in a silver lacquered <laughs> jumpsuit in one play, and I couldn't even look at myself before I went on stage because I looked like sausage casing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a low point. But.
0: You say you were the funny. One. I mean, you are the funny one. I know that from reading your work. You're very funny. Your work is very. But funny.
1: we were all funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But where yeah.
0: did the funny come from for you? Like, when did you know that about yourself? Were you a funny kid? Was it and was it a defence mechanism? Was it armour?
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, you know, reading my diaries again from the <laughs> '80s and '90s, mm. when you, you could know, be shocked. fair fear, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm. But. Quite, quite a bit of angst over stuff. Yeah, I'm sure that humour has been a um, a shield, a shield, absolutely a shield yeah. and an armour to get through. Mm. Um, but you know, it served me well professionally too. <laughs> touch wood. It's <so> <laughs> <That's> not wood.
0: <laughs> but but you know, like, and so when did you know you were on the right path with with the writing? Like, in terms of hmm. feeling like you've got something to say and.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, what, I'm 15 now. I've This is like my ninth um, play I've written mm. by myself. I think I've got another one that I co-wrote, so nine and a half plays over, what, 25 years? It's not prolific, but it's it's a body of work. Yeah, but you're
0: not sitting around
1: doing nothing either, is it? No, and always thinking. I mean, there's always stuff. You're you acting know. as well, like. Oh, I don't act. I, people introduce me. Oh, I think they just Google me or Wiki me. Yeah, yeah. And always introduce me as actor writer, but you know, I don't act. I haven't acted for a long time. Right. Having said that, I, there's a little bit of me and oh my lover. <laughs> Um, if you, if you come along, yeah, 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 which is like the first time I've acted for a few years, but um, so you uh,
0: see, it's still there. Like, what's that going to do? Next thing, you know, next thing, yeah, you're look, gonna, next knows? thing, you're going to be in the next two or three of your plays over the next decade. Well, you know, <laughs>
1: this one, yeah, there's one, um, there's one I did think about being in, which... And actually, I was in, in the first version of Sons mm, and got mm. a bad review, essentially, for playing myself.
0: Mm, mm. <laughs> um, well, that's what I was going to get to. I was going to ask about what, when you knew, because I know Sons received some good reviews, yeah. but it also... Like, like most things, it also received some bad reviews and I knew that you were in a version of Yeah, not, not so bad, but it yeah, was yeah. mixed.
1: But there was one, but the there's sort there's of one uh, review where um, this one woman was like, um, you know, too, I was too close to the role. Yeah. Um, and I got lots of good reviews, don't get mm, me wrong, but that's mm. the only one I really remember. Of course. And I absolutely <laughs> understand what she meant because I saw it um, maybe five years ago with Bula Koale, who's mm. now in Hawaii Five-O. And he went places playing the same role that I never would have imagined going because I think I could really only play it how it was in, your head. in, in, in my head and in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was, didn't have that and he was free and he just made some amazing choices and I was like, oh, that's probably what that woman mm. meant back in 98 or whatever. Mm. Too close, so I could only play what, what I'd experienced mm. slash new.
0: Yeah, I guess it's a bit like, I'm trying to think about it, when we look at a painting... We see whatever we want to see, but when an artist looks at their own painting, they see the brush. They, you know, they see the brush mm. strokes, don't they? They mm. remember what they were doing at, to form it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't separate that. Yeah. I don't think.
1: You yeah, know? yeah. Seeing what Bueller did, I thought, shit, I don't think I could have
0: mm. gone you could where have, he went. Yeah, that's right, because you brought a different baggage to it. literally brought your own
1: absolutely life to it yeah yeah so how do you get
0: detached after that you don't right even if you've trained as an actor yeah and and i'm talking about many people have been in your position people that act in things they write yeah it's you know verse particularly with theater versus the chance for it to then be staged with someone else
1: Mm, mm. Mm, mm. yes so yes don't really act anymore.
0: <laughs> so you've kept, I mean, yeah, but you say that it's not prolific, but it's it's not just sitting around, nearly, no, and then ten look, plays as well as other articles and things that happen.
1: I think when I left drama school in 97, I don't know that I had a clear plan. I think I was expecting it all to happen to me. Mm. I think I was expecting a cast contract on Shortland Street immediately, and um, that didn't happen. But, you know, I did. I did kind of act for maybe a year and a bit and then started writing for Shortland Street, which mm. took up, uh, I think, 13, 14 years on and off. Mm. And um,
0: Well, you're going to talk about not being prolific. Writing for TV is, is one of the great churns, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a factory... Uh, Element to Mm. it because it's just the the mail always has to get through, you know, with mm. a job like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, But just
0: exactly, and for for the mail to get through, someone's got to turn up and deliver it.
1: Well, that's right. But you'd have to talk to a lot of my bosses to understand (laughs) the spectrum of work that I um, delivered uh, over those fourteen years. You know, I think I was always chasing, more often than not, chasing my tail, and you know, delivering Mm. late and la 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 la. But you know, that was a great. that was a great way to make a living and a great way to learn some 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 good skills that have held me in good stead mm. along the way.
0: Now, I've, I've been a very fair weather fan at best of Shortland Street. There was one period in my life where I watched it for I don't know how long, but a couple of years, maybe a little bit longer, and I yeah. actually followed it and enjoyed it. And then TV just disappeared out of my life in general. Um, can you look, do you look, apart from it being a good, a good job, a paycheck, and you're being paid to practice writing. Do you look back and go, "Well, we—I did actually bring something to that massively. Like, did you create or further some storylines that were interesting to you?" That um, were
1: to be honest, I think my favourite bit of that job was making up the names of the characters. <laughs> the one thing I think of when I think about Shortland Street is that, like It or loathe it, it's uh, the one chance in terms of drama. Every every day of the week, mm-hmm. where we can hear and see ourselves, mm-hmm. and get a chance to see and hear our vernacular, and that's what I really have always liked about Shortland Street, and the fact that it's um, you know, been a great training ground for a lot of people on both sides mm-hmm. of the, the camera.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: salute. I oh, do, I salute not, her, absolutely. I don't. I'll never bag it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not bagging it either. I'm just. I can't speak to you know, a, a, being a viewer with a great lot of experience but when I when I got hooked into it for a while in my life I thoroughly enjoyed it and not in any sort of ironic detached way, I just enjoyed it, it was... I think one
1: of the things I noticed, um, but more so having left... You know, there's, there was a, a, a bit of a browning of the cast, which was mm. great and, mm. on camera. Um, but I was always more interested in seeing that browning um, happen in the, behind. In the writers' room or whatever. Yeah, you, yeah. At, well, across yeah. Uh, and the crew as well. Mm. And I, got, you know, I haven't been there for a while, but I think that may have changed since I was there, which mm. I think is great and mm. necessary.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, what what what's what's the what happens next in terms of you get a play out and you get some good reviews and you get a slightly negative review or whatever, you get some, some criticism that you can either take something from or choose to ignore. Um, what happens with the next kind of public writing assignment? What's next in terms of...
1: You mean way back then? Yeah,
0: way back then in terms of like oh, the next play. I did, play a, I did that a
1: Young and Hungry play called "Cunning Stunts mm. when I was at, still at drama school. And then um, that was like a comedy like a Mm. shallow, vacuous comedy. Mm -hmm. That's the one that normally falls off my CV when I'm (laughs) whipping it up, even though it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I I tended to, for the the first half of my career, do a play just about every five years. That seems to be how it was. Mm. Because they've been a mixture of easy and super hard, Mm. my plays. And
0: what? role do you take in terms of when, when the play's produced, how do you slot in with the director and do you stand back a lot of the time and the play is just...
1: I have been pretty fortunate to pretty much without exception have really solid directors who've always managed to... Um, make it better on opening night than I imagined in my (laughs) head you know and that's I think that's and you don't have
0: to name names here but has anyone sort of fucked your work up do you think actor or director oh
1: far out I'd (laughs) never
0: I'm not expecting you to shit on me no one no one
1: one comes to mind so that's pretty charm I've had a pretty good run yeah Um, you know the big shift for me at the the top half of my career uh, working with some really great Balangi directors, and in mm-hmm. the second half, I've been working pretty much exclusively with uh, Pacifica directors, mm-hmm. and that, thats you know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's been great.
0: It's mm-hmm. been
1: great that shift. Um, you know, I had a great time with all the Balangi directors for sure, but um, I've worked a lot latterly with, um, particularly Anabella Polotaivao mm-hmm. and Vella Manosalte. The last four or five years and that yeah it's been terrific working with them and Valor mm. is directing the new one or Malava mm. and Bella is in it mm. um yeah there's a thing about working with hashtag your own w- which doesn't involve um translation or was going to, I was
0: going to crudely say and I didn't mean it in any nasty form of shorthand you're on the same page like you're literally
1: it's just, it's, it's ineffably able, different.
0: Yes, so it's you... It's ineffably different. In jokes or whatever you want to call them, um, cultural understandings right. are there without... Yeah. This is why this is funny. You don't have to say that. Yeah. And then the person goes, great, okay, we can work with that now, which I imagine did happen early on for you.
1: Yeah, but then, you know, being a Gemini, having said that, you know, <laughs> say Roy Ward, um, who's Balangi directed my biggest commercial success, Black Faggot. Mm. And, you know, he was fantastic. He's directed three of my plays and I hope in the future we get to work together again because mm. he was terrific mm. don't get me wrong but mm. yeah working with your hashtag, hashtag your own is um, it's just different
0: mm. and in fact I think that's when I first uh, really clocked your name was the play Black Faggot going well, I, I want to know who's written this it's <laughs> d- just how my mind works you know yeah. I just go this is, you're talking about not being able to be shocked and so forth I'm like that's a great title I just got, I've just got to know what that is now I haven't seen a performance of it I haven't seen it as a play but I've read it and gone yeah okay I want to find out more about this guy that's written this because this is this is a person that's just cutting right into honesty
1: yeah um, Black Faggot is interesting because I uh, I wondered if I'd gone too far <laughs> I pushed it too far I, I
0: was going to say as part of the I mean Part of, and this is this is great writing, but part of the commercial success there is down to the title, surely, in terms of uh, people yeah, having may, people having some version of what I've just said. I've got to fucking see that.
1: May, maybe, and I think a lot of people, if they don't know anything about it, expect more of a polemic and more mm. something a little bit more um, mm. uh, with a bit of grit. I mean, mm. it's got grit, but it's not. It's it's. It's very warm-hearted, Black mm. Faggot, mm. and I think very funny, mm. but it does have some really confronting some language shock. for people. Yes. it
0: has some shock moments and shock language, but it is it is very funny and um, bursts with humanity.
1: And I think I uh, probably underestimated the audience, because I probably didn't push it far, far enough now that I look at it, but... Um but you fixed that. <laughs> <with> <laughs>
0: If I, I'm, I'm to believe the marketing, you've fixed that with the new play. Wow.
1: Well, <laughs> In terms of going. Well, on. yeah. Look, that's. Well, yes, look. You'll. Wait be able to see. To, wait wait <laughs> and see some. Yeah, but I always remember um, going to see. I always cite this um, Black Faggot and seeing all my cousins one night and going, yay, and then saw the mum at the end of the row going, oh, shit. Because <laughs> she's, you know, someone, a Catholic, mm. a mm. and Catholic and conservative and. She had a great time. Mm. She was laughing. She just had a problem with a particular Samoan swear word as opposed to any of the, you know, coming, going, mm, mm, <laughs> you know, mm, mm, anal mm. BJs that she kind of rolled with. And it yeah. was like, you know, everyone's been around the block. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes with older people, we put them in a kind of box where they, they haven't lived, but of course they've been around.
0: Well, you, and just that's just reminding me you actually. Lisa Harrow's character and at the wake speaks to that directly.
1: Well, very directly. <laughs> very, that she, you know, she's she, not dear old nanny. She's yeah. a woman who had a, a, a quite a wild sexual past, yes. and you know, is still a sexual person, and I'm not afraid to share that with her comparatively conservative grandson. And
0: one of the fun things about that monologue or that that series of lines in particular that comes up is being in the audience and seeing, <laughs> I guess, older heads nodding. <laughs> Laughing oh, and right. some and maybe some gasping, you know, yes. but, but I, remember, I certainly remember from the performance I saw there were people sort of, hmm, you know, that's right, like feeling like <laughs> yes, they were being spoken yes. for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So tell me about the new play and as much as you can. I'm coming I'm coming to see it on Sunday. Um, and but I keep seeing these ads telling me how outrageous it's gonna be. So do you wanna can you preview it in any way without giving too much away? Uh I
1: mean, it's largely inspired. I have to say inspired as opposed to based on, because um, mm. it's not out of copyright. Um, Jean-Paul Sartre's play No Exit, mm. which is, you know, three strangers hate each other's guts, find themselves in a room and discover they're in hell. Mm. So that, that is a premise that I've always found really delicious. And then and
0: 2019 comes along and it just feels... Absolutely perfect, am I right? Yeah, well,
1: I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I wrote it in 2017 and um, I wrote it specifically
0: for. Well, that's when 2019 started, <laughs> by the way.
1: Yeah, you know. yeah. Um, I wrote it for three actors specifically, and two of them are in the show Anapala, mm. Paula mm. Taival, and Goretti. Chadwick, who last year were here in Wellington with wild dogs under my skirt mm. and still life with chickens, respectively, and both won um, acting awards at last year's Wellington Theatre Awards. But as I said to the girls at the start of this, you're not going to win anything for this one, girls. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, this is in your face comedy. <laughs> this is might a, win
0: a bit of infamy.
1: <laughs> well, I won't. Uh, you know, it's not going to be for everyone. But I mean, that's one of the most freeing things I've learnt uh, as a writer writer not everyone will like your work Mm. and so long as you the artist are happy to stand behind it Mm. that's what matters and I stand behind this I mean this this is the most fun I've ever had writing in my life Mm. for sure.
0: Is that because you went into it with essentially that philosophy that you just put across that you 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 don't give a shit if people are put off by it? Well, was I'm, that was that kind of uh, what was driving it? No, it was more driven
1: by the three actors <clears> I wrote it for. Trying to mm-hmm. imagine three characters they could play, because in the in the original there's no combination that can ever get on. Yeah. yeah. So that's just gold because of the mm. conflict inherent within that. Yeah. For a play, and just yeah, I just had so much fun imagining my mates, because these people are my mates. Yeah. Having to really play against type. You know, Anapala, is playing like kind of like a quite a, um, a full-on lesbian, academic and Nitty's playing a minister, and the third actor, Mario Fomui, is playing a, a closeted right-wing politician. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, but it's not for the faint of heart. That's yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, how did you? When did you get secure in that idea that not everyone's going to like your work as a writer? Or is it still I've, a little bit of a day-by-day day thing? No, I think
1: um, I think maybe I did a play called My Name is Gary Cooper in 2007, and Anna Pella was also in that. And it's pretty provocative. Mm. Um, it's a revenge piece. Uh, quite a bit of sex. And, um, yeah, I remember on opening night saying to Anna Pella, we're going to get stoned to death, aren't we? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, babe, I think we are <laughs> Uh, And at the end of the play, we saw um, Moira Walker, who was um, in a movie shot in Samoa that was referenced in the play. Because when I saw her before the show, I was like, oh, shit. Again, like my my cousin's Mm. mum. And at the end of the play, I was like, are you all right? And she was like, you know, it's not 1957, it's 2007. Mm. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, great. And don't get me wrong, people really didn't like it, but I loved it and I was happy to stand behind it. And that's probably the one that taught me, yeah, so long as you're happy to stand behind it, Mm. that's the main thing.
0: Mm. I just, I mean, I'm not doubting you at all. I just feel like uh, that's an easier thing to say than to actually achieve, isn't it? it It must feel very good on some level when you can.
1: I think when you realise how subjective this yes. world is, yeah. that you and that you'll never please everybody, mm. that's actually really freeing. Because mm. it is, it's I mean, a subjective right? world, this yeah. world that we're in, yeah. of creating art.
0: And how have you... Yeah, well, exactly. How have you noticed across the last um, <clears throat> two or three years, say... I mean, even something like At The Wake, which was written earlier, but, say, still gets performed, and mm. was here last year. There's this, I mean... You know, I watch my Facebook page, um, people erupt over things, and you think you can't be like this in real life. You can't actually be like this as a person. Mm. And you are not, you are not, you know, <clears throat> you've got a little bit of information here and you've made a giant leap, and you've got angry, and you probably aren't really that angry. That seems to me to be a really great tool to play with as a playwright, but. But potentially quite fri- frightening in terms of confusing your own message, it could be. Are those sorts of things on your mind when you're writing, like what? how you can manipulate an audience now? You mean on social media? Well, no, in the in the performance. Uh, no. No.
1: <laughs> no, in a nutshell, no. But maybe it should be.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I just and 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 then I guess the flip side of that question was. I feel like theatre, maybe theatre audiences are kind of smarter people in, gen- in general perhaps but do you think there are people that bring their anger to the theatre and, and miss some of the point of yeah,
1: what of you're course. putting across? Of course, there, there yeah. are people that have taken some of my work very personally and didn't like it and yeah. well, thats I think that's to be expected you know, I'm mm. well with it no, mm. I can roll with it
0: You have some background as a As a reviewer...
1: Absolutely. And I've I've dished out a few (laughs) nasty reviews (laughs) in my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And how did you feel about doing that? Like, did you ever feel that you... Were you confronted on that? Were you told you were too savage?
1: Yep, yep, yep. And I think probably... Did you get it wrong sometimes? I I would say so. I mean, when I started reviewing, I would have been like 18, 19. So I was doing it reasonably at a young age. Mm. And I was trying to totally, to begin with, be like Pauline kale, So slavishly (laughs) kind of copying her style, trying to copy her style. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, um, I think I like reviews that justify their position, their position. Yeah. you know I've I had a couple of um, really mixed reviews from Sam Brooks who I think still writes for the Yeah. off and I can't, I, maybe the reviews weren't in the spin off. But what I liked was that I understood where he was coming from because of the review. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, he felt that because of this. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I can respect that. So he
0: made his position clear.
1: I absolutely disagree with it, mm-hmm. but, but I can understand it and type. I respect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: That,
1: uh, that's the kind of review I prefer rather than just an outright, this is r- rubbish. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I prefer this is rubbish because. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or I think this is rubbish
0: because.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is how I've come to it. Yeah, and look, I've I've um, I did a review of something not long ago for one of the that book, um New Zealand book publication yeah. and um where I I guess I had a reasonably contrarian review of a play that's been performed widely mm. around New Zealand and had mostly. Thumbs up, and for me it didn't work. But I, I said why. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few out there that have been anointed that leave me very bemused.
0: Um, without they, na- yeah. Without without name. naming yeah, yeah, names. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 And I'm like, oh. you, you work in the wrong industry to name names.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've named them before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I don't, but, yeah.
0: Well, that's an interesting thing. I was thinking, you know, like, and you mentioned Sam Brooks, and I go, well, like, yeah, whatever anyone thinks of his theatre reviews and, cause I, and, and some of his theatre pieces, I mean, Burnhur, I thought, was pretty extraordinary, and that showed that he has some ability as a playwright. I've
1: I think Burnhur, the one thing that's unquestionable about that is um, really displaying how well Sam can write. Mm. Like I really appreciated the rhythm of his yes. of his writing. Yeah, it yeah, goes. yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, you know, everything has um, things some people like more than others, and everything has mistakes or parts that aren't quite. But yeah, as a written piece, that was extraordinary, yeah. certainly, and the timing For sure. of it and everything. But that that becomes interesting, doesn't it? That and so you're you're similar. You're working in the same sort of sphere <laughs> where you're a playwright, but you are still. Occasionally, at least, a reviewer, you have a background oh, as Oh, well. really,
1: really, okay. Yeah, really, first, okay. I know That's the first review I've done for, like, maybe a decade. Sure, but, but you still
0: end. you still have a background in it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 and And, you know, and a few... If you write a couple of columns a year or whatever and then a review what even if you only write a review once every ten years, if you're writing a couple of columns and people can Google other things you've done, you're a fucking reviewer, <laughs> you know, whether you want to be or not. Fair play. I'm I'm trying to get out of it. <laughs> it hasn't right. been working so well for me. I'm okay. still am still a reviewer in everyone's mind, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mostly am okay with that, but it's hard to it's a hard business to get out of. Yeah. It's a harder business to make any money out of and then a really hard business to get out of.
1: I can imagine. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So what's next after this play? Uh, there must be one... Even if you say you're not prolific, there must be one or two sets of ideas in a draw somewhere at I'm, all
1: point. I've got more TV film stuff to yeah. be dealing with um, after this. Well, during this, actually. Yeah. So that's the next chunk of time for that's me. The then um immediate focus. On top of that, going to... New York with uh, wild dogs under my skirt, which mm. I produce mm. and which won best production last year at the Wellington Theatre Awards. That's my cousin Susiata Avia's play that Anna Pala, who's in Umalava, directs, and we are off Broadway for three weeks.
0: From... amazing piece of writing based on some amazing writing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> by me. an amazing yeah. writer, uh, i.e., <laughs> yeah. my cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um and that all came out of the F C C play readings because, you know, Tusiata did that show as a one woman show for seven mm, years. Mm. I had the idea to do it with six actresses in a reading and mm. then from the response of that reading we did it for real and then it's just had a lovely run up and down the country and then now, um, uh New York.
0: <laughs> so in your downtime with theatre when you're not putting Your own stories on the stage, you're working directly with your cousin, so it's very <laughs> personal. I mean, you know, and I,
1: it's I've this, this because I've been producing it yeah. to the best of my abilities, but that's you know, that's such a tricky, it's thing a slippery for title, me. yeah, but it's all, yeah, it's um, it's not a comfortable title, that's yeah. for sure, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard work,
0: yeah, yeah. um. Well, I, you know, I, I love your work, and it was nice to get to have this chat. Is there anything that you want to bring up that I didn't ask you?
1: No, I. I'm sort of really enjoyed of time, this this yeah. conversation, Simon. Thank yeah. you.
0: I look forward to seeing this uh, this thing that's going to shock me. Or not. Or not.
1: Or I'll, not. You I'll, might be bitterly disappointed.
0: I'll let you know either way, <laughs> whether you I want to or it. not.
1: And <laughs> <In> the <laughs> flesh, you, or on the page. Yeah, because I, I know you I can, can handle it. I know you can handle it. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah.